It's time for the only live and local sports talk show in the Black Hills. This is the Nate Brown Show, featuring live callers, live interviews, and local sports. Exclusively on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM, Fox Sports Rapid City. And streaming online right now at FoxSportsRapidCity.com. From the biggest national names to the hottest local stories, welcome to the Nate Brown Show. Here's your host, Nate Brown. All good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back in. Are you ready to go? Let's have some fun. Thought-provoking sports talk. We are locked and loaded on a Tuesday. My voice is surviving. I think I'm back. Almost, uh, I think the voice is almost 100%. I think we're back and uh, ready to go. It's always a great day in the Black Hills. We know that. And South Dakota Sports Talk shows live here on Fox Sports Rapid City. Thanks for being a part of the program. I appreciate that. The Nate Brown Show brought to you in part by Black Hills Urgent Care. When it comes to taking care of this community, they offer two locations on Haynes Avenue and also Bacon Park, Mountain View Road. Black Hills Urgent Care. They're open seven days a week. So easy to get in, get cared for, get out, and get uh, feeling better. Black Hills Urgent Care. I just schedule on my phone. Proudly owned by physicians. If you need care, here's what you do. Avoid the wait. Schedule online. BHUcare.com. The letter U. BHUcare.com. Remember it. And then you get right in. Avoid the wait. You're good to go. Black Hills Urgent Care. The faster way to get better. On the Tuesday show, let's look at the lineup. Then we'll get into uh, the good stuff here. It's a Tuesday, so it's a rush review with head coach of the Rapid City Rush, Scott Burt. So the Rush are back home this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Friday, and Saturday. So you, they have a three-game hitter at the Ice Arena. Idaho comes in. The Rush are sitting two and four. Went on a road trip last week. Um, been been out there. They lost one to Idaho, beat Idaho once, lost a couple to Utah. They're back in town. Scott Burt and an update on the Rapid City Rush with the home slate coming up. We're going to go out and talk to Steve Berkowitz, USA Today, national sports writer. The NCAA is really a, a, has a low profile right now on this potential huge change, a potential huge change to college sports. We've already had the name, image, and likeness thing, but college sports could be restructured in ways we've never seen. This just came out uh, last night. And there's not much reaction about it. It's kind of low. You know, everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers, okay? So we, we've heard a lot about Aaron. We understand. Um, so we're going to get into the story. NCAA restructuring. I think it's really interesting. Steve Berkowitz on the way, uh, USA Today. PFF, Eric Eager breaking down the NFL. NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus, Eric Eager on tap. And we got to get into the FCS a little bit tonight. FCS football. The showdown in Vermilion, USD hosting South Dakota State Saturday. It's a massive game. Jackrabbits, Coyotes, Sam Herter with the breakdown. FCS national analyst for Hero Sports. We are packed on a Tuesday. The number to join the program, 720-1067. The Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar Sports Line live for you. Connection to the studio. 720-1067. And also on the Barons-Wilson text line, you can hit us up there. 720-1067. Barons-Wilson text line here. Uh, early message coming in. Uh, listener text. Nate, glad you were back yesterday. Um, 
yesterday's show a little Husker heavy, but still a good show. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, all right. We won't talk as much Huskers today. We don't need to. That was the big news yesterday. So, so what's the news today? No, it's not the Aaron Rodgers saga. I, I know. The Aaron Rodgers story, is it, it can be interesting. It's a big personality, the whole thing. I'm not going to go into that more and more and more. You're hearing that every which way you look. Social media to radio to everything. So we know Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID. He's talked about I mean, not being vaccinated, the whole thing. Okay, I'm not going to go into that. It is what it is, okay? The story I want to get into, let's get inside the game. Let's get inside the game. And let's get some um, opinions flying today about this uh, situation last night in Monday Night Football, okay? There's, there's elements to this. There's layers to this from this game last night that, that not a lot of people are getting into. It's just one way or the other. No, there's uh, some nuance here. There's some elements to this. So follow along last night. If you missed the game, okay, it was Bears-Steelers. Tight game. Steelers pulled it out. Really, really, really tight. And some NFL officiating controversy, okay? So here we go. Some NFL officiating controversy. Here's the story. Cassius Marsh. Linebacker, Bears, gets a big sack inside three minutes, right in that uh, time frame. Was going to get the ball back on the big sack on third down. Did a little uh, Mortal Kombat kick celebration. That's his standard move. And then he stared down the Steelers' sideline. Cassius Marsh, Bears linebacker. So if you missed this video, go and find it. It's out there today. So, So watch it. And then you can have a little bit of a reaction. And maybe you did see it. We have Bears fans. I just ran into a guy last night. He said, hey, you got to talk more Bears. I'm like, Bears? Okay, we'll, we'll do it. Um, so this is the story. Cassius Marsh. Sack. Mortal Kombat kick celebration. You're fine. You run to the sideline. You're fine. He doesn't run to the sideline. What did Cassius Marsh do? He stared down the Steelers' sideline. Then he runs off the field little altercation with the official. I'll get into that coming up. little altercation there, a little bump. Um, from the official, by the way. From the official, not the player. From the official. Um, the taunting penalty was called. Long, um, the, the end of the story is, you know, Bears don't get the stop ultimately. Steelers end up pulling it out and, and the whole thing. It was a turning point. It, it was one of those big plays. And a turning point scenario. Did it lose them the game? Who knows? But it put them in a better position if that taunting penalty is not called. So we're here in this situation with the NFL now. The situation is taunting is an emphasis this year. Let's go back to before the season started in the Nate Brown Show question of the day. I had a question on this show before the NFL season started, and what did I ask? Do you think the NFL needs to crack down on taunting or are you thinking, no, it's not a big deal? Do you remember the answers, the results? You probably don't. Here's the results of that poll question on the Nate Brown Show. That was before the season started. Do you think the NFL should crack down on taunting, or is it not a big deal? 72% of the audience on this program, 72% said the taunting is not a big deal. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm just telling you that was the audience breakdown before the season started. 72%, not a big deal. Now, here's the deal last night. People are saying you're one way or the other. 
That was a ridiculous call, people are saying. That, that was a critical moment of the game for the Bears. He stared down the sideline. Who cares? You can't call it at that time. Final minutes, critical play, big emotion. The ref should have kept the uh, laundry in his pocket. You just can't call it. The story is, in my opinion, that is the letter of the law. The letter of the law is staring down a sideline, just kind of doing the old stare, walking over that way, the stare. That is the letter of the law of taunting. I, I do believe Tony Correnti, the head official there, I think he got the taunting penalty right. Now, you can disagree. Should they be calling taunting as a whole in the NFL? And 72% of uh, folks said, no, just, just let them play. It's not a big deal. And again, I don't know if I'm in that category. I think sometimes it is a big deal. I think sometimes it is a big deal. I don't like buttheads. Look at me. Look at me. I just did this, and now I'm going to do this and this and this in your face. And then Cassius Marsh, he ruined the situation for his team. I mean, the letter of the law, that was taunting. That was taunting. The posturing, the staring down. Now, you could argue, was it a bad time to call it? Well, it was a bad time to do that. It was a bad time to do that. What is uh, an interesting side note of this story is what? Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, who ends up benefiting from this last night, Mike Tomlin was on the NFL competition committee this offseason. They were the guys that brought this up saying we are going to have an emphasis on taunting flags. So Mike Tomlin said this, we were just trying to clean our game up. We understand that people playing at the lower levels watch us and often mimic us and how we conduct ourselves. So Mike Tomlin's saying we wanted to, uh, to call taunting because why? Kids are watching um, players and this is how they act. We don't want kids to act that way. It's the bigger picture uh, scenario. And I buy into that. I buy into that. I really do. Okay? Let me get to this referee situation here because I have some thoughts on that. What Tony Correnti did as he called the taunting penalty. Inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. We'll get to that. Uh, first, thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. Oh, you're right about the second part. Inexcusable. I wouldn't just suspend him. I wouldn't just fine him. I would end his career oh. as a referee. Oh, I don't know about that. You do not do uh, that. You do not pump. I mean, it might be in a case where you might have to try to pull people off a pile in the middle of a fight, which I wouldn't do as a referee because they've got a lot of equipment on and I don't. <laughs> but other than that, you don't touch a player. No, I agree you with you. You have no I reason ever to touch a player. I absolutely and agree with you. I don't know why you did it. It should be a fireable it. offense. Um, and I, then I don't second, know about that. But. There's never a good time to call taunting because uh -huh. you've got to do the thing about there's never a good time. You've got, you have this thing now of trying to figure out intent or trying to figure out how far did it go? Was the stare three seconds or two seconds? Was it two and two and point four seconds? <laughs> how long does the stare have to be at the sideline before you decided? Is oh, it was. It was. It was. But it sounds also like this referee doing this, it also looks like he might have had a little chip on his shoulder toward that player. 
Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened afterwards. there. I didn't like that move by uh, Tony Corrente. You had seventy-two percent. Like you had seventy-two percent preseason. Yeah. Dan yeah. Patrick on the same station had eighty to eighty-five percent today. Fans don't want it. Hmm. And then the second thing: hmm. Why are football players such? Uh, let me see. I'll get a nice clean word: wimps. Oh. <laughs> because in hockey, in hockey, you've got guys who their job is to yap to get this player uh, out of his head, out of his mind. He's out there on the ice, and he's talking crap all game long. Well, but so I, don't, finally, I don't know if the, the players, players are wimps. The, I don't know if the players are wimps, but Mike Tomlin's saying, hey, we were on the competition committee. We said, we want to clean the game up. We, we don't like the taunting. Well, then there's another one. How come there's not – how come the competition committee doesn't include, you know, four or five players to go along with two or three coaches and a couple owners and a couple GMs? Yeah, I, I got maybe, you on that. Maybe the guys actually playing the game ought to be in on how we set up the competition. All right, buddy. I got you on that. I appreciate it. Thanks <laughs> yep. for getting in. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. He makes some good points. I'm going to get to this official here. He makes some good points. Here's the hard part. Officials are now what? They're hall monitors. You know, <laughs> I go all old school on you in school. They're hall monitors. They're trying to determine, what, did that guy do that? Kind of kind of what he was saying. Was that a long stare? Was that, what, what was he doing there? Was the Mortal Kombat kick, is that okay or is that a celebration? Well, that's a celebration. And then the Steelers, they can get an interception, and the whole team runs to the end zone. They run to the end zone and put on a big show. But that's not taunting. That's just celebrating. So, so I, I, do what you, I, I know what you're saying. Somewhat uh, tough in the eye of the beholder. Okay, taunting can be in the eye of the beholder. Steelers did it last night. Got a turnover, ran all the way to the end zone, did the old charade, which I hate. Which I hate, by the way. The the team celebrations, it's just, uh, just you know, over the top. Um, thanks for calling your live today, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. What's up? Good. So, um, like the last caller said, it, when it comes down to judgment calls, I understand that referees, like everything is a judgment call. Holdings a judgment call. Yep. Pass interference is a judgment call. Everything's a judgment call. But um, it was brought up earlier in one of the different shows. Um, taunting is almost always on a huge game-changing play, like a touchdown or a sack. Yeah, or it's a huge emotional huge, swing. Yep, yep. It's a huge emotional swing, and it happens every time. Like, taunting doesn't – well, sometimes it happens when the morons, like, point for a first down. But um, anyway, the point is, when it's a judgment call, it's – you're putting these refs in an impossible position saying, Hey, enforce this thing. That's unenforceable. Like it's, I don't agree with the NFL putting the refs in the position. They're okay. In, okay. You don't think I, it should I, be an I, emphasis and that's what it is. Right. That's what yeah. it is. I, I mean, I, you understandably, there are egregious examples of it happening and yeah, but I think a better way to deal with it is fines after the fact rather than a penalty during the game. I got like, you. I got you. Take the, take the money out of the guy's pocket for being a schmuck and don't <laughs> let it affect the game. I, I think that might be better too, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Have Thanks for getting in. I think that's an interesting point. He kind of goes down this road of here's what I could get on board with. I, I just told you, I don't like taunting. So, so I understand Mike Tomlin. You know, I, I don't like seeing the, uh, the youth football players doing the uh, dancing and the this and the, the waving of the fingers. What, whatever we do, whatever we do, I, I don't like it. Okay? 
It's look at me. It's look at me culture. Okay, and that and taunting is it goes all the way down to the to the youth. So I agree with Mike Tomlin on that. However, did we need to make it an emphasis in officiating this year? That's what they did. If you're not following that, they make it an emphasis. Okay, so they're really looking for it. So Tony Carrenti last night, he wouldn't have called that in any normal year in the NFL. The stare down to the sideline after the big sack on third down. It wasn't really egregious. By the letter of the law, this year, an emphasis, that was taunting. And then so, so he made the call, and it was a killer uh, for the Bears. Um, thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate. Um, what is the name of the player that was penalized? Cassius Marsh. He should You're breaking up on me. Can you hear me? No, oh, I lost him. That's all right. Um, maybe we can get him back in. I couldn't hear him. Um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want to get to this referee. We, we got we to gotta move to Eric Eager. I'm going to ask him this, NFL analyst, PFF.com. Um, the referee, before he called the taunting on Cassius Marsh, um, he bumped into Marsh. Yes, he did. He bumped into Marsh. As, as he was running off the field, it appeared that uh, Tony Correnti kind of did the old hip check uh, on Marsh as he was running off the field. You watch the video, watch the, uh, the replay, and you tell me that Tony Correnti, the official, did not bump into him. He did. And I am just baffled by that. I am just baffled. I don't know if he was mad at Marsh for the, for the taunting. And then as he was running kind of close by him, uh, Carrente's like, boom, they bumped into him. You can't do that. The official's got to be, what, under control? Not, speaking of, look at me? You're not, it's not a look at me situation as an official. And then he tossed the flag sky high, kind of a big show. We, we've seen that, right? You, you've seen that sometimes. The look at me calls, the look at me calls. It happens in basketball a lot. I'm going to call a charge, and I'm going to do a dance halfway down the sideline. Okay, so some, so some of this look-at-me calls from the officiating, you don't want to see that. Why would uh, the NFL official, Corrente, he's been in the game a long time, he bumped into Marsh. No, he didn't kill him. He didn't kill him, but he bumped into him. Unprofessional as it gets, it's not fireable for me, but it's suspension-worthy. Question of the day, let's go to that. I'm going to go to that really quick. Um, first, listener text coming in from a Bears fan. The Bears got ripped off, and then the ref hip-checked Marsh, making it the no-fun league is weak. Making it the no-fun league is weak. Um, I understand what you're saying there, emotional. It was tough. It was tough. I hated the move by the official. So I say you got to suspend him. And there's zero statements from the NFL today. Zero statements. And you know what fans don't like? Is when there's not any accountability on that side of it. There's no accountability there. Nobody's talking about, hey, look at this video. This wasn't really debatable. I mean, you watched it and you saw Carrenti kind of, you know, move into the way of Marsh, kind of bumped him a little bit. Just bumped him a little bit. If that's a player, he is gone. He is suspended. I guarantee you that. I don't know how many games, but he is gone. And the official, uh, I asked this, after it appeared that uh, Tony Correnti, the ref, bumped the Bears linebacker running off the field, what say you? 
do you suspend the ref or it's not that big a deal? Look at this uh, numbers today on the Nate Brown Show starting the show. 87% of the votes right now coming in. It's a lot of them. 87% say you got to suspend that ref. I'm with that. 13% of you say it's not a big deal. <laughs> I've, I think it's a big deal, especially after you change the tide of the game there with the taunting. That's one thing, okay? I'm not going to say Marsh was innocent. I'm not going to say he was all innocent. But uh, you run off the field and now the ref bumps into you. It's a problem. You got to suspend the ref. You got to have some accountability. You got to have something from the NFL saying, what happened here? We can't be going down that road. Players can't do, do that to officials, rightfully so. Officials need to be emotionally under control. Out of anybody out there, out of anybody. Um, listener text, Marsh should have been penalized for his post-game interview. He's definitely a tool. <laughs> well, I watched uh, quite a bit of that. I watched quite a bit of that. Um, now, here's where I'm at on this. By the letter of the law, Marsh was taunting. I'm not, I'm not sticking up for him. He was taunting. He was taunting. People don't love the emphasis of taunting this year. I get it. Fans are saying it's going to change games too much. It's going to change game outcomes too much with calls like that on big plays. Okay, that's, that's one thing. But he was taunting, but then Marsh got bumped by the official totally Totally out of line. Uh, listener text, Nate, this ref had something against that player. This ref has to get fined or not allowed to ref the next uh, game. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. that. That's what I'm saying. I think he should be suspended. I think he should be suspended. This would be the biggest story out there if a player bumped an official. You would, you'd see nonstop highlights of that. If a player, but you know, I, rightfully so. This is what I'm saying. I always stick up for refs here. Tony Carrente last night, not good. Not good. You can't make contact with a player, coach, whatever, because you deserve the same respect. And then you do that, ugly, ugly. Um, let's get into it. Eric Eager, we're going to get the show cranking. Eric Eager, NFL analyst, pro football focus, the guys at PFF. I want to break down something here. Justin Fields, not a lot of talk about him now. There was some talk about him early. Oh, Justin, struggling, struggling. What do we think of Justin Fields now? Could have been drafted by the Denver Broncos, if I remember right. What do we think of Justin Fields? Eric Eager with some numbers on the way. From high school to college to the pros, this is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. Hello, this is Robbie at Bargain Barn Tire Pros. At Bargain Barn Tire Pros, we are what we like to call your one-stop vehicle shop. Some of you don't realize that we're more than just a tire shop. We are a full-service center. We do brakes, shocks, alignments, and we also do exhaust. So if your vehicle is loud or making a squeak, call the pros at Tire Pros. 1610 Campbell Street, 1811 Deadwood Avenue, or look us up on the web at BargainBarnTire.com. 
Purchase your dream vehicle now and wait until next year to make a payment? With Black Hills Federal Credit Union's 90-day no-pay special, it's possible. Through December 31st, make no payment for the first 90 days, plus cash in on low vehicle rates. Ask your dealer about BHFCU financing or get pre-approved today. Apply at BHFCU.com or text or call 605-718-1818. Offer subject to approval. BHFCU is member-owned, not-for-profit, and NCUA insured. Count on First Gold Gaming Resort for the biggest giveaways in Deadwood. Every Friday through Sunday, win your share of $8,600 in promo play through Hot Seat Drawings. Every Saturday night, it's First Gold's Lucky Sevens giveaway, where you can win $1,000 cash at the top of every hour from 6 p.m. till midnight. Get in on First Gold's $2,000 slot tournaments on Friday and Sunday, or win a 43-inch Sony Smart TV every Sunday night at 6 p.m. First Gold Gaming Resort, where your first stop on Main Street as you're coming into Deadwood. In the past, if you needed auto body repair, you had to get multiple estimates and then try to get your car into a shop for repair. Well, not anymore. In most cases, you can stop by one shop, get your estimate, and schedule your car for a repair. The question now becomes which shop you choose. If you like quality, choose J&J Truck and Auto Body. They have ASE, PPG, and Gold iCar certifications that allow them to offer you a nationwide warranty. And they'll work with your insurance company so you're pleased with the outcome. J&J Truck and Auto Body, 1513 East Philadelphia. Ever since Barron's Wilson Funeral Home first opened their doors in Rapid City 140 years ago, they have continued to make personal service their number one priority. In your time of grief, they offer a personal touch by being at your side through every step of the funeral process. They answer difficult questions and guide you toward other professional services you may need. See for yourself the wide variety of services they can provide for you by visiting their website at barronswilson.com. Here's good news from Pro Auto Care if you're looking to economize your budget. Pro Auto Care can help you get more time and mileage out of your vehicle with regular maintenance and sensible, affordable repairs. Tom and his Pro Auto Care team will save you a lot of money without you having to replace your current vehicle. At Pro Auto Care, they find and repair small and expensive issues before they become big, expensive problems. Schedule an inspection of your vehicle now at Pro Auto Care. Open for business as usual at 1891 Rand Road, Rapid City. It was only a few in the beginning, one here, one there. I knew it was illegal, but I liked doing it. Even my kids noticed. There's nothing worse than your 10-year-old telling you you're breaking the law. But I didn't hit the breaking point until I hit that little kid. Addiction has many faces. Texting and driving when you know it's life-threatening and illegal can be one of them. Take back control. Put the phone down. Brought to you by the South Dakota Office of Highway Safety, the South Dakota Broadcasters Association, and this station. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride. And they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the South Dakota Army National Guard. Aired by the South Dakota Broadcasters Association and this station. 
Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Today on a Tuesday, lined up and ready for you. The Nate Brown Show Live, South Dakota Sports Talk Show. We're going to talk college sports tonight. NCAA story that's out there that's really um, under the radar. Uh, Big, big changes potentially with the NCAA as a whole across the country. Across the country. Talk to Steve Berkowitz, USA Today senior sports writer. We'll go to Doug Ottawa in Denver tonight. Mile High Sports. Nikola Jokic, a little bit of a cheap shot last night from the big man, the the reigning MVP. But he got shot. He got a rib shot early. And then he did a blindside shot uh, last night. If you didn't see that, Jokic, uh, the Nuggets, MVP. We'll see what the real story is down there. Do you think one cheap shot deserves another? Are Are you in that? Are you in that? I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting. I watched that video a lot. Um, let's go to Eric Eager, NFL analyst, PFF.com. The guys at PFF, you know it, you love it. Um, PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. Eric, thanks for coming on. How are you? Nate, I'm doing well. How about you? Well, I'm doing good. So I had a lot of reaction here as I started the show about this Monday night football game. There was a lot of elements to it, a lot of layers to it. I was talking about Marsh, um, the sack, the celebration that led to the stare down, the taunting, then the bump from the official, it looked like, I mean, it was just just bizarre. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Is taunting going to become one of those calls, which happens at big moments in games usually, a problem here for the league this year? They're, they're emphasizing it, and it seems like some people are getting fired up about it. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, the league does reverse course when they make a mistake in officiating. I think it's 2018 – they had, you know, the preseason where literally every player was getting called for an, uh, you know, uh, illegal, uh, you know, uh, hit to the head on wide receivers and running backs. That quickly went away. 2019, you had uh, being able to review pass interference. That was a nightmare. It's, it's amazing. I, I think, you know, one of the big takeaways here is just like NFL officials are sort of unable to. Uh, play in the nuance of the game within, you know, what we would consider sort of like, um, you know, very easy calls or very easy non-calls. Every time there's a point of emphasis, it doesn't seem like they're able to execute it properly. Right, right. That was my difference. That was my difference. I said, I think by the letter of the law, meaning the point of emphasis this year, Eric, that was taunting, I guess. I mean, he stared him down. He walked toward the, the sideline. But most people would say, hey, late in the game, that's a big play. He didn't. He didn't. Wasn't dropping bombs or anything like this. He just stared him down. Probably got to keep the laundry in your pocket. But he called it. You know, the the Steelers end up winning. Winning the whole thing. What did you make of the video of Carenti, the official, looking like he bumped Marsh running off the field? That's what it looked like to me. What do you think is going to happen there? I don't know. It looks really bad, right? Because the call is. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you have the official sort of going out of his way to make contact with the player. We know that if it was the other way around, the player would probably be, you know, ejected, suspended, and fined. Um, but when it comes to an official, 
you know, in a long-standing one. Who knows what the, the you know the the resulting sort of uh, uh, you know come down will be from the league. Uh, but yeah, it was it was not a great um, you know it was not a great look for the NFL last night. I thought I thought the second half of the game was actually pretty good. I thought you know for the most part though the product the product was bad, and I think the NFL has to take a look at the mirror and say, do we really want that being our league? Let me ask you, Eric Eager, PFF.com, NFL analyst, Justin Fields, his rushing stats, um, pretty darn good. His rushing stats lately, pretty darn good. First in the league uh, the last couple of weeks. And uh, his grade running the ball from you guys, really, really good. Justin Fields, are we starting to see he can be a dual threat here? What's your uh, take on Fields? Yeah, he should have probably been the whole time. I mean, he did not have any signed runs coming into the game for the past few weeks. Uh, I think obviously that is a you know misapplication of resources to the Bears. Um, obviously, if you're Chicago, you would have liked to have won that game. You would have liked to have uh, you know you know stayed the course there um, in an NFC where the four and four Falcons right now have the seven seed all by themselves. You could have fallen to you know risen, risen up to four and five uh, and really been in it. Now you know at three and six, do they still have a chance? I, I think they do. Um, but it's it's a long haul now that you're looking up to Carolina, you're looking up to Minnesota, you're looking up to San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, it's not as easy for them. Um, you know, ultimately, Bears fans are just going to be really happy. They look like they found the starting quarterback. Um, but but from a you know from a playoff perspective, you know, and from Matt Nagy's job perspective, they had a chance to really be in it last night, and, and they blew it. Yeah, Justin Fields picking up a little bit. You know, people were hard on him early. He's picking it up uh, quite a bit. Let's go to another QB. Can Patrick Mahomes get this uh, situation figured out? When you guys look at the numbers, when you look at his play, what's really wrong with Mahomes? Yeah, it was. I mean, the turnover-worthy plays have basically been the same. It's just that they've gotten unlucky. Uh, I think teams, obviously, with the bullseye on the team's back, uh, are, are being more opportunistic with them. For me, it's, it's just that Patrick Mahomes has fewer big-time throws, about half as many, and none in the last few games, um, as he does historically. And, you know, that's leading in the last five games. His PFF grade in the passing game has been below 65. Um, and, and this is all the while the Chiefs, you know, offensive line is improving, the defense is getting better. Um, at the beginning of the season, you know, Mahomes is the only thing good going for the Chiefs, and now it seems like he's the only problem. And you know, from a Chiefs perspective, that's a fairly good place to be, and we actually have been favored to win the AFC West 32 percent. Uh, you know, Chargers second with 30 percent. They have an, a chance to go back to the Super Bowl again. They just need Patrick Mahomes to play well. They have a late bye this year. I think that's that. What that's what leads me to believe that they say yes, they'll turn it around. Um, but it, it's you know, only beating Daniel Jones by three and Jordan Love by six. Uh, that that should be a wake up call. Eric Eager, NFL analyst, PFF.com. He's on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Uh, let's go to the Kirk Cousins uh, scenario. So, Kirk um, played well early on, had some you know game-tying drives, had a game-winning drive. Vikings are in some trouble, too. But where does Kirk Cousins land on, let's see, um, the big plays, the 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 situation is a lot of people think, well, it's so conservative. Is that a product of play calling or the way Kirk plays? Yeah, I mean, his PFF grade's pretty good. You you know my opinion on Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback who's not good enough to overcome what you need to overcome to be a franchise quarterback. 
um, because of his salary and things like that. And, and that's exactly what you saw against the Ravens. He had two big time throws. Um, you know, the one to Jefferson, certainly, and he had another one later in the game. The issue is, you know, when, it, when press is on him, when, when, you know, Baltimore brings a seven-man uh, pass rush in the, in the overtime period, he, he's not going to be able to adjust that. He's more of a, hey, I just work here kind of guy, as opposed to a guy that wants to take charge. And, and unfortunately, that has hurt the Vikings in recent weeks where it's very clear that, you know, the, that Clint Kubiak, you know, with the direction of Mike Zimmer, don't want him losing games that they have a lead. And, you know, ultimately they put themselves in these coin flip games, and then they wonder why they're always in coin flip games that they lose. And, and so, to me, I, the only way out is for the Vikings to stretch Kirk Cousins' legs a little bit, let him drop back and throw a lot, and let him drop back and throw the ball downfield. Um, because otherwise you're always left in this purgatory where you, you ask questions like you asked, which I think are very natural, which is, what is it with Kirk? Why aren't they winning? Why, why is he playing okay and they still can't win football games? And I think it's because they don't ask Kirk to do what other elite quarterbacks do, and hence they don't get that kind of elite play out of them. Last one, Eric Eager. I'll let him run. PFF.com NFL analyst. So Odell Beckham Jr. gets his release. Um, the report is he wants to go to the Packers. Odell at Green Bay. Give me a prognostication. Would that uh, be high level? Well, I, you know, I think Green Bay is just kind of a, a small town of the football team. I don't know if he, if he necessarily would like it there, but we'll see. I mean, um, you know, uh, I, I, I think he, he'll like playing with Rodgers, that's for sure, and, and, and Devontae Adams will surely like having a guy next to him who can take some pressure away. Um, I, I like that move for him. Um, we'll see if he works out. I know, you know, guys like Andre Rise have gone to Green Bay and won Super Bowls. Um, and, and he can certainly do that. So I like it. I also think Seattle would be a good destination for him as well. Okay, Seattle. Okay. You, you have any thoughts where he ends up? Uh, well, if he wants to go to Green Bay at this point, he didn't get claimed. So he can go wherever he wants. Green Bay has the room to sign him to a veteran minimum deal. So I think if that's where he wants to go, that's where he will go. And I think Zach fans, like I said, Bill, you know, with all the injuries they had in 96 to their wide receivers, they picked up Andre Risen and, uh, you know, he had that, that iconic touchdown to open the Super Bowl against the Pats. Great reference. Eric Eager in tonight, NFL analyst, PFF.com on a Tuesday. Eric, always great, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on, Nate. Take care. Appreciate the time. Eric Eager, PFF.com. NFL analyst, pro football focus, in on a Tuesday. Find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Uh, give him a follow. All right, Packer fans. Anybody? Anybody? All right. Viking fans, Bear fans, whoever. NFC North, Packer fans. Odell Beckham. So he gets a release. Nobody claimed uh, Beckham right now, so kind of gets to pick where he wants to go, essentially, if a team wants to bring him in. Veteran minimum contract. Veteran minimum. Do the Packers uh, make that move? Is that a good move? They have Devontae Adams, who's who might be the best wide receiver right in the league. You want to say that? I think that's uh, arguably uh, the best wide receiver in the league, Devontae Adams. And then uh, would you put Odell Beckham Jr. in that mix? Would you put him in that mix? I don't know the story if Odell is still a high, high performer like the one-handed catch and blaze of glory New York Giants days. 
I mean, there were there was some high production there. Cleveland, there has not been. It's not like uh, you know that's a bad team. I mean, that's that's not a bad team. I mean, the Browns were bad. They're not bad anymore. And the production is not there, at least that's – and it's not because he's not getting the ball thrown to him, as his dad was saying, and, and the whole thing. So, would you add a personality like that who, by the way, kind of created a problem there in Cleveland, created a problem on a pretty good team, would you add that guy into the mix on a Packers team that they're rolling right now outside of this little bump there with Rodgers and COVID? I mean, they're, they're rolling pretty good right now. So, then you'd have Aaron Rodgers – Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., you going to throw him into the mix on that? Ah, that's uh, that's tough. Is that a tough call? I think it's kind of tough because Odell reminds me of some of those wide receivers that it's just not quite good enough. Well, he's going to Green Bay, so he's playing with Aaron Rodgers, so everybody's going to be happy. Just not quite good enough. For some of these guys, it's just not quite good enough. And Odell's kind of entering that category uh, for me. Nothing's ever good enough, you know? I don't know if I want to add that into the mix. I've got Alan Lazard. I've got Devontae Adams. It, it seems okay for Green Bay. It seems okay. Most of the time you would run and say, oh, we can get Odell cheap. Yeah, let's, let's throw him in. Does Aaron Rodgers have enough of an ego to think, oh, yeah, I, I, I run this show. Let's throw Odell, Odell in and we'll roll. I don't know. I don't know. Um, listener text from a Packers fan. I'm not sure if Odell is a fit for my Packers. I'm not sure if he will be happy with the lack of catches. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know if he's happy with, with anything. Some of these guys, I mean, they're just that personality, and it's just so tough to make them happy. I didn't think it was going that badly in Cleveland. Now, he wasn't like he was with the Giants, but I don't think that was a product of Cleveland, right? It was uh, a product of Odell being the only guy in New York, okay? And, and now there were some other guys there at Cleveland. They kind of spread their wealth around, good tight end. They got Jarvis Landry. They got some guys. They got a good running game. Stefanski kind of balances it out and uh, just not good enough for Odell. And I don't know if you throw him into that match with Green Bay. I just don't know. Um, let's come back with Steve Berkowitz, USA Today senior sports writer, the NCAA. It's a huge story that uh, not a lot of people are paying attention to because it's still to come. But they made a big, big change that could affect a lot of schools in this country. I mean, across the board. What's the real story? Steve Berkowitz talking NCAA with a big change that I kind of saw coming. That's next. You're listening to the only live and local sports talk show in the Black Hills. The Nate Brown Show on FoxSportsRapidCity.com and live on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. Denny Menhold Rapid Chevrolet buys cars. You heard that right. We don't just sell cars, we buy them too. And what we really want is your certifiable vehicle. So if you drive a 16 or newer Chevy, GMC, Buick, or Cadillac with under 75,000 miles, we're ready to pay top dollar and want to talk to you. We make cash offers every day on all makes and models of local cars, trucks, and SUVs. No obligation appraisals, and it's fast and free. Stop by Denny Menhold Rapid Chevrolet or save time and start by visiting our website at rapidchevrolet.com. 
454 downtown Rapid City is my new place to hang out. Whether it's happy hour after work, date night with your wife, or meeting up with some buddies and watching the game, Poor 54 has it all. 54 taps with great beer from local and regional breweries, wine and hard seltzer, plus some awesome food. Poor 54 is the place. Watch the game in the sports area upstairs or drop by Wednesday nights for live music and wind down Wednesday. You gotta hit it. Poor 54, downtown Rapid City. Hi, this is Rihanna Wicked at Elevate Performance. We are currently accepting new patients in need of physical therapy, and we want to show you the Elevate difference. At Elevate Performance, you have our guarantee of receiving one-on-one, high-quality care with a doctor of physical therapy. At Elevate, it's personal, and we are ready to be your partner in empowering you to live a healthy life pain-free. Remember, you have a choice for physical therapy in Rapid City, and we want you to experience the Elevate difference. We are currently accepting new patients. Just visit ElevatePerformanceSD.com. Are you ready for new windows? Renewal by Anderson's windows are the best you can get. And their awesome Black Friday event is backed by popular demand. This is an incredible offer. You don't have to get up early, stand in line. You don't even have to wait until Black Friday. You can book an estimate right now. Listen to this. Renewal by Anderson is giving 20% off every window. And depending on how many windows you get, you'll receive a Visa gift card for up to $1,500. Imagine getting awesome new Renewal by Anderson windows and a lot of spending cash for Christmas. It's fantastic. The financing offer is the best ever. No money down. No interest or payments for 18 months. Think about that. You get your new windows now and you don't even have to make a payment until 2023. Wow. It's a very limited time offer. It starts on Black Friday, November 26th, runs through December 10th only. Please do not wait to book your free estimate right now. Just go to rbarapidcity.com, set up the free estimate. Renewal by Anderson. Make a great investment this Black Friday. And 200, 200, a quarter, 200, 200, 200, 200, 275, now three. Hi, folks, Kevin McPherson, McPherson Auction Company. We can turn your property to cash. We can sell your personal property and your real estate at auction. A family business for 64 years and counting. We've sold several millions of dollars in property over the years. We're happy to consult with you on your auction plans. Let our selling experience work for you. Call McPherson Auction, 605-348-1369. Visit us on our web at McPhersonAuction.com. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show Live, South Dakota Sports Talk Show on YouTube at the Nate Brown Show on YouTube. Thanks for checking in. Also on Twitter. You can watch the show on your phone, digital stream there, live in studio camera at Nate Brown Show on Twitter, at Nate Brown Show. You can find us also right here, 1067 FM, 1150 AM, Fox Sports Rapid City on the radio side. Packed show tonight, good stuff. Let's go to Steve Berkowitz, USA Today. Great follow at by Berkowitz, by Berkowitz, usatoday.com. You'll find his work. Interesting NCAA story out today. Uh, Steve, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You're all? I'm uh, doing good. I appreciate your time. So here's the story, and and then we'll get into it. Um, The NCAA kind of setting this up here for a restructuring, potentially, of how college sports is governed. They they are the governing body, but they're setting up a a change, uh, uh, some big changes, about how three divisions, D1, D2, D3, govern themselves 
Are, are they, I mean, this could be a transformation here. Let me ask you about why do you think this came about? Basically changing the Constitution here. Well, I mean, the, the, the impetus for this was a, you know, was a, a lot of the criticism that the NCAA uh, has been under, you know, from a lot of different directions, including within its own membership, about sort of the unwieldiness of the rules and the unwieldiness of the structure and how the, the way the NCAA sort of constitution, the underlying governing uh, rules, uh, are set up in a way that sort of has Division One schools having to do certain things that, that put them, you know, it's sort of in the, in, in the same boat as Division Two and Division Three schools, and, um, and there's a lot of, there's certainly a lot of uh, chafing within Division One uh, about the, the the difference, the differences that uh, in the ways. Uh, different programs with different budgets are able to operate. And I think, you know, to all of those things and a lot of the questions that have come around through the enforcement process and how that all has worked out recently, um, you know, prompted some interest in, in trying to sort of kind of refresh everything. And I think that's part of where the impetus for this came, uh, you know, among Mark Emmert and uh, the folks who are running the NCAA, this would be, you know, the, the college presidents and, you know, some of the central office staff. And I think that's what sort of is driving all of this. Okay, so rewriting the Constitution and focusing on the uh, divisions governing themselves. So really governing um, themselves would mean who's in charge, the conferences and the divisions, not the NCAA when it comes to some of the rules? Well, what this is what this is doing is, I mean, you have to understand a little bit how the NCAA's rulebook is structured. The NCAA Constitution uh, itself, the NCAA, the part of the NCAA manual that is deemed to be the Constitution, is uh, you know, it, 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 it talks about sort of very general operating principles for the association, but it also contains a lot of specific stuff having to do with. Uh, like how votes are taken within Division One, um, and so what this is, what what this sort of refresh was going to do is allow Division One schools to, uh, if they choose, to rearrange how Division One is set up and how it's governed and how rules are made and how rules changes are made and so forth, um, and. You know that's what so that you know that that's what this is doing now. What Division One schools will choose to do remains to be seen. I mean, the NCAA will still, as a central office, is going to continue to exist, and I'm sure will do certain things. Uh, you know, they'll administer championships, and there may be some oversight, administration of, of rules, enforcement, and investigation. But you know that all of that is going to be. The, the, the various divisions, the schools in the various competitive divisions are going to be allowed to sort of zero base everything and decide how they want to do stuff going forward. Steve Berkowitz on usatoday.com. Find his work there. Find him on Twitter at by Berkowitz talking NCAA. Kind of rewriting the Constitution here. It's going to have to go back to membership for feedback on, on what to do. But could this lead, Steve, could this ultimately lead to the NCAA not running the show of the men's basketball tournament? Could that lead to that? Uh, well, the NCAA 
again, again, it depends on how you're defining what the NCAA is. You know, the NCAA is is an association of the schools, so the schools are the NCAA. There's also looking at the NCAA at the central office uh, and its sort of general administration. So the NCAA, in the narrow sense of it being sort of the central office and the folks who work in Indianapolis, those folks are going to continue to administer and run NCAA championships. What's going to happen, though, is that it's going to be up to each of the divisions to decide which championship events they want to have and you know, how you want to qualify for them and so on. So, you know, I mean, I think there's a powerful incentive among the 350-odd schools that currently comprise Division One. There's still going to be a pretty powerful incentive for those schools to sort of stick together uh, for the sake of the NCAA basketball tournament in the event that in the way that exists and that we know it now. But it is, sure, it's possible that, uh, some segment of what is currently Division One might decide that they want to stage a championship separately, or they'll subdivide uh, within Division One and stage different championships. Um, you know, again, I think there's a pretty powerful reason you know, that being the, the NCAA television contract that's worth about a billion. It's going to be worth close to a billion dollars a year. Uh, there may be reasons to hang together for that, and it, you know, it's a big popular event. But you know, it's conceivable. That 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 deal is undervalued, and that a uh, you know that a, a, a basketball tournament that just involves all the power schools uh, might be worth looking at or be, even be more valuable. I mean, it's hard to know where all this is going to go. Does President Mark Emmert lose a little bit of power here from name, image, and likeness, Steve? You know, that's been going, and the schools are monitoring it themselves, or the states are. And now you lead into this where the NCAA kind of going more broad of they're not going to be enforcing rules per se. And Mark Emmert's the president. Has he lost uh, some power as that figurehead? Well, again, that remains to be seen. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what each of the divisions chooses to do in terms of its governance. Um, you know, it's arguable that, that Emmert's influence you know, or whomever is the president, whether it's Mark Emmett or anybody else, may actually grow. I mean, the board of the, under this proposed, the proposed version of this constitution, the size of the NCA's board of governors, which is sort of the all the overarching governing group of the of the NCAA across the divisions, is shrinking. Would shrink from twenty three to nine, mm. um, and so. Emmert or whomever is the president would still be an ex officio member of that group. And so, you know, it's easier to influence nine people than it is to influence 23 people. So arguably, the president of the association could have greater influence. Um, it's also possible that Division One could set itself up in a way that uh, takes more of the it takes more of the authority away from a central oversight organization and puts it into into some other way and how they choose to go about it remains to be seen and you know whether that makes Mark Emmert more or less influential you know remains to be seen I mean, it could well end up being that the more influential people and really as a practical matter they are as influential if not more influential anyway are the commissioners of the five power conferences yeah. or six conferences or however you're defining that group but right now the, the commissioners of the Pac-12, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Atlantic Coast Conference really are the 
the, the people who are deciding a lot of what's going on, when the presidents of those schools are deciding a lot of what's going on. Steve Berkowitz on today. Great insight on it. Really detailed. Always love it. Uh, USAToday.com. Find him on Twitter at ByBerkowitz. Steve, always great to have you. Thanks a lot. Sure, happy to do it. Thanks a lot for having me on. Appreciate the time. Steve Berkowitz, one of our favorites there. When it comes to talking business and sports and college sports, yeah, he just breaks it down. He's not. It's not all emotional. You know, he just breaks it down. Steve Berkowitz on USA Today, uh, senior sports writer. Okay, so today the NCAA. If you if you not following it, a lot of uh, bureaucratic stuff here, a lot of bureaucratic red tape here. Trying to cut that red tape is what it is. Restructuring college sports governance. Right now, the NCAA has their hands in all of it, rules, regulations, all of it. The next phase of this transformation, if they if they do this, they just released this, a draft 18-and-a-half-page uh, change in the Constitution, okay? And what this would be would be now going to governance to the conferences and more powers to, to schools, essentially, okay? Basically, the first part of transforming the NCAA, de-emphasizing the Indianapolis-based association, like that's the end-all, be-all. They say what they say goes. This kind of throws in the schools, the conferences, the whole thing. And guess what? Guess what? Who's the head of the Division I Transformation Committee? You know, we're going to transfer the power and, and figure out who's going to really run this show. Who's the head of the Division I Transformation Committee? SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. So what does that tell you? Um, You know, football, by the way, has already broken off from the NCAA for their playoff. Okay? So, So there's already a model in place where you don't have to have the NCAA control the championships and administer it and run it. They do it. It's a $500 million a year uh, championship, the college football playoff. Brings in nearly $500 million a year. It's controlled by the conferences. And guess what? The SEC Conference Commissioner, Greg Sankey's the head of the Division I Transformation Committee. Interesting. And they're exploring ways to, to restructure. So what that tells me is, is the NCAA going to get a big, big part and be a part of that men's basketball tournament? Um I don't know big part, maybe a part, maybe no part here when it's all said and done. Because what I'm saying is people think the NCAA makes all this money and it's, and it's locked up in a suitcase. And, and Mark Emmert just asked, well, Mark Emmert has a big contract. And the NCAA does pay some salaries and, and they have to have operating dollars and they get all of it from the men's tournament. That's it. All of it. All of it. And then so they pay for themselves. And then they distribute that money to the schools. That's how this works now, okay? So they distribute that out. What's Maybe the schools say, uh, the NCAA, let's, let's lessen their control. And that's what this is about today. The new draft of a change in the Constitution, which would make the NCAA kind of focus on different things instead of governing procedures and operations. Where does the NCAA go from here? I kind of thought... They're getting weakened. They didn't want to do the name, image, and likeness covering. They didn't want to do it. They took themselves out of it. And I said at the time, what's the NCAA left for? What are they left for? And now this story today. Um, 
Where's the NCAA and their role in college sports in five years? I, I don't know. I feel like the schools and conferences are going to uh, just be running the show, and the big boys are going to have the big money. Coming right back with Scott Burt, Rapid City Rush head coach. The Rush are back in town this week. We'll get an update from head coach Burt next. Your sports, your show. This is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City. Today on Hey Culligan, reverse to reduce. Here's Bob. Hey Culligan, I love fresh water, but I got plastic bottles coming out. Whoa, Bob, you are not kidding about the bottles. But did you know Culligan's reverse osmosis and always-on drinking water systems provide fresh, clean, delicious drinking water and help reduce the equivalent of over 15 billion plastic bottles from landfills worldwide? Holy fresh, (laughs) environmentally friendly drinking water. Am I right? Right, Bob. And we're already on the way. Visit BlackHillsCulligan.com. That's BlackHillsCulligan.com. Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Cloudy skies expected tonight with a chance for scattered showers. Lows sip down to about 39. Southerly winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Sunny skies tomorrow. Chance for scattered rain showers high of 51. Lows level off around 33. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies. Cooler Thursday and Friday with highs in the low 40s. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Currently, it's 50. If you're in the market for a vehicle right now, you probably have noticed it's sometimes hard to find the right one. That's where Summit Automotive Group steps in. Stacy and Matt and their staff working hard to get a great selection of pre-owned vehicles at affordable prices. At Summit Automotive, they have a different outlook on selling you a vehicle. You'll experience stress-free shopping, friendly, honest service with no high-pressure sales gimmicks. Before you buy, drop by East Highway 44, SummitAutoGRP.com. Hey, Black Hills, Boss Pizza and Chicken is now bringing you the best new sports bar in Rapid City. Grab your crew and check out the new Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar on North Lacrosse Street. Same great pizza, chicken, and food you love from Boss, and now a full-service bar with beer, wine, and liquor. Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar is a newly remodeled sports bar with TVs all around and a sports ticker dedicated to local and regional sports. This is the place for sports fans in the Black Hills. The new Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar in North Lacrosse and Rapid City. They're open early and open really late. Also with delivery at Boss Pizza chicken.com don't let your checking account nickel and dime you with fees. Come on over to Highmark, where you have three different free checking accounts to choose from, all without service fees. You're sure to find a checking account that fits you perfectly. Whether you're looking for a high rate of return, cash back, or just basic checking, we'll make it happen. Learn more at HighmarkFCU.com or stop by any of our branches and find freedom from fees. Highmark Credit Union. We'll make it happen. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. We're into the drive at five already on a Tuesday. Is it dark yet? See, I'm in the studio, man. I, I, that's okay for me. I don't love the daylight savings. I know we get that uh, extra sleep. Okay, all right, all right. But that's over with. That's a one-day benefit. And now we spend months of darkness in the winter. But it is hockey season, so we got that going for us. And then I'm in the studio on the drive home, so I don't have to. Uh, it's always dark when I leave the office anyway. But for you guys, I hope you're doing okay adjusting. The Nate Brown Show here for you on Fox Sports Rapid City. It is hockey season. I'm telling you that. And the Rush are back home this week. Tomorrow night, 
Idaho coming in. How about this? Three-game set tomorrow, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Rush Hockey at the Ice Arena. Head coach of the Rush is Scott Burt, and he's back for a Rush review on a Tuesday on Fox Sports Rapid City. Coach, good to have you. How are you? Nate, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. So here we go. Um, you're coming back home. Um, what was your assessment of the road trip? How did these guys handle it? Tough uh, tough games against Utah. We know that. What was the road trip uh, grade? Well, you know what? To be honest, I, I honestly was hoping that we would uh, at least get a split. Uh, we went in on Friday. We played pretty good. We were a split second off and everything, every kind of D-zone coverage. Um, you know, we were tied both games going in the third period. And then, obviously, uh, uh, we failed to uh, pull anything out of there on the Friday. And then the Saturday, our execution was off. Um, we watched a little video today and recovered a little bit. I thought uh, uh, we had a very good practice on Monday. I gave the guys an option. On, I talked to my leadership group, and I said, you guys can make the uh, – uh, the assessment and the assumption on what you guys want to do on Monday. You guys want to come in, or do you guys need some time off? Um, giving them a day off just to kind of recoup. Obviously, nowadays with this, these athletes, they need rest. Uh, we are pretty banged up. And then the guy said, nope, we want to uh, get right back at her on Monday. So I was pretty proud of the guys. I was a little surprised by their answer. Um, and I thought our practice was good on Monday. Good practice today, Tuesday. You get ready for tomorrow. Interesting. So I want to ask you about this. As as you being the head coach, what's your assessment of balancing that where, hey, I'm Scott Burt, what I say goes, or no, I'm going to talk to my team, this leadership group you say. How much does that play into how you approach practice, games, the whole thing? Big time. Big time. Nowadays with the athletes and, and uh, what they put in their bodies, um, with their with the food, the fluid, um, and the good stuff. You know, obviously nowadays with with the players, they're all about uh, protein shakes and, and good food. So for me, it's about asking my group what they want. You know, obviously I can, I have a trusted group in my uh, my leadership, my core leadership group. Then um, I ask them. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit back and just say, "Hey, listen, this is this is what we're doing." The old school days, maybe back when I played. But nowadays, it's talking to the players, seeing how they are, seeing how, uh, you know, uh, their rest is needed. Uh, are they healthy? Do they need time off? And then, obviously, we assess that with our trainers to see where they're at with uh, with everything. And the biggest thing for me is to get the guys healthy. And anytime they perform, they perform at their best. So that's the biggest thing for me. So you felt okay. You, you wanted to get a split there. You split with Idaho. But you wanted to get a split with Utah, obviously. Um, that is that the goal on the road. I mean, I know maybe you can pick off a, a sweep here or there, but splitting on the road. For me, it's a split for sure. If we can get that first game, obviously that, then you have a split, and then obviously you work to get the next two points. But but for me, anytime you go on the road, it you're you're working for that first game, and then you build off that. So, like I said, we watched some video on Saturday morning on on just that split second coverage. Uh, where we were off, and then obviously I was pretty disappointed on the Saturday start, uh, but our second and third period was was pretty good. I went back and looked at every uh, uh, chance for and chance against, and we out chanced, I believe, in my mind, uh, both games. We just didn't execute, missing the net, shooting it high. We had three breakaways on Friday night uh, in the first period, 
that we didn't execute on. So uh, that tells me we're right there. Um, and at the end of the day, if my guys are, are close and we're right there, that's just telling me that uh, it's just a matter of time before we put it all together. Rush head coach Scott Bird on the Nate Brown Show tonight, Fox Sports Rapid City. Three games at home tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. Idaho comes in. What do you think of Idaho? You split with them October 29th and 30th. Uh, on the road, what do you think of that team? Well, I know them pretty well, that's for sure. Um, they're a very skilled, fast team. Uh, we can play with them. Obviously, that, that proved uh, when we were there on the Friday night and then obviously on the Saturday night when we were there, too. We had an opportunity to get two points there. Was a, uh, we went overtime there on that Saturday, um, and it was just an Aaron kind of puck hop over a stick, and, and they shot it from the blue line and deflected off our stick and went right up our down. So, uh, for me, to be honest, I, I was pretty proud of my, my group's effort when we were there. And we all understand that we're a blue-collar group that needs to work hard for 60 minutes. We put 60 minutes together every single night. We're, uh, we're good to go. Scott Bird on tonight, Rapid City Rush head coach. Are you able to tell right now the strength of this team through six games? It's, it's a work in progress for sure. Um, each day are, are, are guys like it. I think at the end of the day with myself and, and kind of my, my structure, I always want to uh, believe I put a team together that works from the back end out, meaning defense-minded first. Defense takes care of the offense. Um, and at the end of the day, to be honest, uh, I, I can see that. But, again, it's a work in progress with my group. It's a whole new um, complete group that – has been here. It's it's players coming from different uh, uh, teams, foundation wise. So I have to break the old foundation and mold them into the foundation that I want uh, our group to play with. I see that you get Tendek back in goal. Is that a big plus? Tendek's a very good goaltender. He was uh, he was solid for us. So was Perrick on uh, on Friday night. Tendy will be going tomorrow, and uh, yeah, I'm happy he's back for sure. Scott Bird on tonight, the rusher at home this week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. It's Rush Hockey against Idaho, and head coach Scott Bird getting you ready to go. We'll be out there, coach. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I appreciate it, Nate. Thanks for having me. All right. Tomorrow night, it'll get going at the Ice Arena. Scott Bird, the head coach of the Rapid City Rush. They're 2-4. and four. Uh, Tough weekend at Utah. And now they get Idaho in three tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. Rush Hockey uh, here in town. Let's get after it a little bit. I like... Uh, Seeing what I'm seeing so far. New players. Some of these guys getting after it. Uh, the rush at home. They started at home. Been on the road a couple of weeks. Now back at home for three uh, at the Ice Arena. Uh, here in the drive at five, let, let's jump into this. Let's jump into this, okay? So I told you a little bit about this last night. If you missed uh, part of the show. Harrisburg has an indoor sports facility, okay? We, we know how they got it now. I want to know what people think of Harrisburg High School having an indoor sports facility. Which category do you fall in? I'll get a question of the day out, and then uh, I just saw this story explode. A high school football coach goes for two late in a game, and it makes the L.A. Times. How egregious was it? We'll decide next. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Nate Brown Show and like us on Facebook by searching Fox Sports Rapid City. 
It's Honda's certified dream deal sales event. Up to an additional two years, 50,000 miles comprehensive warranty, plus certified Hondas come with seven-year, 100,000-mile powertrain coverage, free oil changes your first year, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Plus, at Denny Menholtz Rushmore Honda, we buy cars. Vehicles are in high demand, and due to limited inventory, your vehicle has never been worth more. Stop by Denny Menholtz Rushmore Honda and either sell or trade today. Located off I-90 on East Small Drive in Rapid City. True taco lovers can't say Tuesday without thinking taco, especially at the home of Taco Tuesday, Taco John's. So this taco, head to Tuesday John's for Taco Tuesday, or maybe it's Tuesday Taco. Either way, there's deals on delicious beef Tuesdays or tacos happening all day. And this Taco Tuesday, celebrate your favorite day of the week at Taco John's with 99-cent beef taco deals. Do you have a passion for helping people? Looking for a career with opportunities for professional growth? At Black Hills Works, our in-home staff are vital to the adults with disabilities that we support. We have a variety of positions available for our direct support staff with newly increased wages up to $18 per hour. Other amazing benefits include 23 days of paid time off in your first year, an immediate 5% match on your 401k, and extensive training and leadership development opportunities. BlackHillsWorks.org slash careers. KIMM Rapid City and K294BT Rapid City. This is the Black Hills Sports Station, 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City. We're all going somewhere. Going higher, faster, farther. Going in new directions, to new places. At Monument Health, we keep going so you can keep going. We're dedicated to advanced orthopedic care with the latest innovations, technology, expertise, and treatment. So keep exploring. Keep making memories. Keep going with Monument Health as your partner. Learn more at monument.health/orthopedics. Listen to what your friends and neighbors are saying about Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail. Steve Borkert, Rapid City. Been using Anytime Auto now for several years, actually. Heard uh, their ads on the radio and thought I'd try them out. Turns out that it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, came in for an oil change. Oil change was done easily and quickly. Uh, my son has had his oil changes done here also, but he also had shocks and struts put on. Great pricing, great work. Uh, I've had new tires put on, and i got to tell you, the tires are amazing. Uh, and the pricing here is as good, if not better, than any place you're going to find in Rapid City. And again, everybody is very friendly and, and courteous and is above and beyond. We'll never take our vehicles anyplace else but anytime auto sales. There you have it. For the best in automotive sales and service, see Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail. Corner of Highway 79 in East Minnesota. Anytime Auto Sales. Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Remember to catch me weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 a.m. Fox Sports Rapid City. And now, back to Rapid City Sports Talk Show, The Nate Brown Show. Nate. Welcome back in. How you doing? Thanks for being a part of the program. I appreciate it. Hope you're having a good day. We're into the drive at 5 on a Tuesday on the Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. The drive at 5 brought to you by Summit Automotive Group. When it comes to pre-owned selection, that's the place. 
SummitAutoGRP.com. It's easy. SummitAutoGRP.com. You can see the inventory. Drop by because why? No high sales pressure stuff. You get on the lot, everybody's on you. No, not at Summit. Stacy and Matt and the crew, they've worked hard to get the right vehicle with the right financing. They'll let you look around. No high pressure stuff. Get the real experience. Car buying built around you. SummitAutoGRP.com. The Drive at 5. We'll talk to Doug Ottawill coming up in Denver. Mile High Sports. We'll talk Broncos and Nuggets for the first time in a long time. Uh, the reigning NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic, the big man. I like watching Jokic. Last night, he gets fouled really hard with an elbow by Markeith Morris. And then he blindsides Morris and gets ejected from the game. A cheap shot answered by, I guess, a bigger cheap shot. Where do we sit? Doug Ottawa coming up. Mile High Sports on the way. Sam Herter. FCS analysts will talk SDSU-USD. What's the showdown for the Jackrabbits and Coyotes this Saturday in Vermilion? Big matchup when it comes to playoff implications for the FCS. Sam Herter on the way. Heroesports.com, FCS national analyst. All right, let's go to the question of the day. Question of the day today. So I told you about this. I, I learned of this. And I'm seeing videos on it now. So so we, we did a little research. My guy Matt Kearney here at Fox Sports Rapid City taking a look. I, I'm seeing more of this indoor sports facility at Harrisburg High School. Okay? This is their own. This is their own. They, I, I don't know of any other high school that has one. And so I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And I'm wondering what the public sediment, um, what's the public feeling of this? Will you see any more high schools go down this road this day and age? Okay? Indoor sports facility. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm looking at some of these uh, videos. There's elementary kids. There's like a football academy that uses it. and So then you wonder, oh, wow, Harrisburg, they're in the state championship again. Imagine that. Um, A major investment. A major investment. How was it paid for? They did it through the budget. They did it through the budget. Harrisburg has advanced. They've been growing, growing. And so that community has been voting for bonds. They've been voting bonds through. They just did another one for, I think, the number 60 million. Okay, they're going to do another new school. So they have this new facility. They said, hey, this is going to be nice. We can do it. And, and it's going to be great for our um, students. A lot of sports can use this indoor facility. So the community there in Harrisburg, the taxpayers, They invested in this. So I ask you, I ask you, what do you think of Harrisburg High School having their own indoor sports facility? Okay, that's the question. I've got three options. It is a great investment. It's just not needed at the high school level, or it gives them an unfair advantage compared to other South Dakota high schools. What's the answer? It is a great investment. Indoor facility, Harrisburg. Only school has their own. Football field, track. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a dandy. It's a dandy. Um, it's not needed at the high school. It's a great investment, or it gives them an unfair advantage, really, compared to the other South Dakota high schools. The answers on the Nate Brown Show question of the day are 71% saying it's a great investment. 20% not needed at the high school level. 9% says it's an unfair advantage for Harrisburg over the other schools in the state. 
Listener text coming in. Nate, it's making Sioux Falls jealous. <laughs> yeah, Harrisburg is Sioux Falls. No, no, no. They don't want to. They, you can't say that. You can't say that out there. It's Harrisburg. It's Harrisburg um, right there in Sioux Falls. Nonetheless, um, let's see. Listener text. If a community comes together and makes it happen, it's good for them. Maybe invite some other schools to do scrimmages and use the facility, build a good relationship with the area. It's interesting. So do you ever think Rapid City, would we would we want an indoor facility at Stevens at Central? I mean, you'd, you'd probably only get one. I don't. By the way, I don't think you'd get one. Is that, is that being too harsh? Is that being too harsh? Do you think Rapid City, when you, when you, when you think about, okay, we're going to look at it, we're going to look at the, the dollars here, we're going to invest in athletics, student-athletes, and the overall student experience through an indoor sports facility, would Rapid City go for that? I don't think so. Now, that's not Amber and Rapid City. I don't think there's enough of a push that people would want to go for that. Guess why? We didn't go for the bond here from, from, from the schools and the new schools and the academic side, from elementary schools to, to whatever. That, that one was close, but it didn't go through. You think, I mean, Harrisburg's just boom, boom, boom. Indoor sports facility. Boom, new school. Another new one. Boom, let's just keep it rolling. Um, I don't think Rapid City, there's not a push for that. I don't think there there's... Uh, momentum behind you think we would get an indoor sports facility now you look at it and say okay where's the priority list well it's not like Harrisburg's just doing the sports thing again I just told you they're doing another new school right now with another uh, bond issue that they just voted in so I mean they're they're going down that road in all aspects in all aspects okay fast-growing school system they got uh, a lot of things popping now, Rapid City, we've been growing, too, by the way. We've been growing, too, by the way. And uh, we're pushed to the max in certain areas. So there is reasoning for facilities like this. Now, is it the cherry on top? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I think through an academic school setting, you're going to start academics, okay? That's where you start. Then would you get to an indoor sports facility that enhances the overall experience for our kids? It, it really would. I mean, an indoor facility. You know what I hear from people in this town? I hear it all the time. Man, we need an indoor facility. Do you ever hear that? I hear it all the time. And, and it's like, well, there's, there's potential here because Harrisburg's uh, just did it this past year. And it gets used like like you wouldn't believe. It's, it's their own. It's their own. Rapid City as a whole, hey, we, we would, uh, if you have an indoor facility, by the way, that's what people kind of forget in the big picture. It's like stuff like that is kind of pays for itself when you look at the big picture because it wouldn't just be used by Stevens or Central or whoever. You could use it for so many things. So many things from indoor soccer to, to whatever, Right. That's, that's kind of the big picture here. I don't think Rapid City would go down that road, but it's interesting because the answers today are 71% of you say it is a great investment. And if the community wants it and they want to step up to do it, 
all the more, uh, all the better, all the better. And Harrisburg, boy, that is an edge. That really is an edge. I talked about that last night. It's not the reason they're in the state championship, but it's one of the reasons. You can't tell me that. It's one of the reasons. Rapid City, when are we going to get our indoor facility? When are we going to get it? Um, uh, let's see. Don't, uh, <laughs> what, what's the saying? Don't put the cart before the horse. There is no horse. There is no cart. Um, thanks for calling your live today, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up? Well, I don't think an indoor facility would work in Rapid City. Who are you going to huh? We got a gazillion soccer teams. We got a gazillion club basketball teams. We're going to let them all we use got it. Baseball. Well, yeah, that's why we well, need it. There's not enough space. <laughs> we would need about two or three facilities and not just one. I mean, Harrisburg's growing, but it's honestly not near the size of Rapid City. Rapid City is growing, but it's not growing in students. I mean, our school enrollment's basically held steady for the last 15 years. It hasn't gone down, but it hasn't gone up much either. Well, hang so tight here. We got, this new, we got this new base uh, situation going on. All those people aren't going to be out in Box Elder. I mean, that's going to be a big yeah. hitter, too. Yeah, well, I'm just saying you're going to need several of these facilities for a community this size. And how do you allocate the, the time? You know, do you do the club teams get it? Obviously, they charge the kids to play. Do they deserve it? You know, and what sports? You know, I think it's worth a discussion. Teams. I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, we, well, don't have, we don't have good enough facilities here. We don't. We, we, are, we are off the charts uh, compared to Sioux Falls. Well, we can't even pass a bond issue for no. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that alone, that's, a, that alone a facility for workouts and that's that's and the old saying: the cart before the horse. You know, there is no uh, cart. Okay. And All right. I've, I've lived here long enough to know we've had how many different bond issues now fail, and so. So you're saying no, no indoor sports facility coming anytime soon? I mean, is that what you're telling me? All I right. don't think so. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I understand it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for getting in. I, I, uh, he said it. He said it. All right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm surprised that, um, you know, an investment like that got got a ton of support. I mean, out there in Harrisburg, and they just keep going. They're like, hey, we did this uh, over the last two years. Now we're going to do this and this. And everyone's like, yep, I'm on board. I just looked at the last vote uh, on the bond to, to have another new, uh, new school and the whole thing. Um, it was like over 800 people to 100 <laughs> that said, yeah, we're, we're in. It's like, oh, boy, they're in. I hope we can get in sometime, too. Coming back with Doug Ottawa, milehighsports.com. Let's talk about this. A cheap shot to the NBA MVP last night. Nikola Jokic got got cheap shotted. He did. And then he did a cheap shot even over the top, a blindside hit in the back of Markeith Morris. Where do we stand on that? Cheap shot for a cheap shot. Doug Ottawa, Mile High Sports in Denver, his take on the way. The Nate Brown Show.
Have you hit a pothole or curb with your car? Does your vehicle need an adjustment or have an alignment, shock, or strut issue? Black Hills Tire is your one-stop shop for complete automotive service and repair in the Black Hills area. Trust your vehicle with no one else but Black Hills Tire. Contact Weston, Denise, and the guys at Black Hills Tire, where honesty, reliability, and safety is their top priority. Black Hills Tire voted the number one shop for automotive repair and brake repair and tire store in the Black Hills. Ask about their free pickup and delivery. Black Hills Tire. Check them out online at blackhillstire.com. One of the best attributes of a trust is that you get to say how you want things to happen. I think that is one thing we set ourselves apart in, is really getting to know people. We get really involved with with people as far as what their needs are and what their family is like. In the end, it's all about our clients, our customers. It's about how we can make things best for them. They aren't a number, they're a person. Pioneer Bank and Trust is local. First Gold Gaming Resort offers the best concert packages to every show at Deadwood Mountain Grand, including one night's lodging at First Gold, a pair of prime seats to the show, two breakfast entrees the following morning in our Horseshoe Restaurant, $40 in promo play, and transportation to and from First Gold and Deadwood Mountain Grand. Book your concert package now for Hairball, Three Dog Night, Williams and Ree, or Theory of a Dead Man by calling 800-274-1876. Here at Pizza Ranch, we appreciate innovations in food delivery, like how the ancient Italians used to slingshot hot meals to hungry Romans on the go. And while we appreciate the creativity, it turned out to be, well, a little messy. So, we found a better way to bring you our legendary pizza, the country's best chicken, and our one-of-a-kind cactus bread. Just place your order online, on the phone, or on our app, and then pick it up or have it delivered right to your door. All nicely packaged in clean, sturdy, non-flying boxes. No catching necessary. Pizza Ranch. Mmm, mmm. Physical therapy, athletic training, and sports science all at one place. Physio in Rapid City. Dr. Dan Jensen and his team at Physio are ready to help you perform at your best. From the youth athlete to the active adult, trust the team at Physio. Physio offers the skilled, personalized approach to physical therapy and athletic training. Building the best athletes in the Black Hills as the official strength and conditioning provider for Stevens Central and the Rapid City Rush. Learn more at bhphysio.com. The South Dakota Lottery knows you're getting flooded with over-the-top holiday shopping ads. So we'll just give you a subtle reminder that our holiday scratch tickets are easy, affordable, and jolly good fun for everyone on your list. So if it crosses your mind, give holiday scratch tickets from the South Dakota Lottery this year. Everyone gets scratch tickets. Good fun. Must be 18 to play. Please play responsibly. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show Live, weekdays 4 to 6, and we're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. You've stepped in it. Oh, something like that on Fox Sports Rapid City. Remember, the podcast is up every night if you miss it live. Some great guests today. Really good first hour. Interesting stuff. NFL, NCAA, Rapid City Rush Hockey. The podcast is up at FoxSportsRapidCity.com. And wherever you download your podcast, we're all over the place. Google, Apple, um, SoundCloud, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, the Nate Brown Show podcast is there. Doug Ottawa's on tonight, live from Denver, Mile High Sports. 
We're going to talk some Broncos. We're going to talk Nikola Jokic getting after the heat last night. Look out. Um, he got ejected after the shot in the back against Markeith Morris after Morris gave him a forearm shiver, a forearm shiver in the rib cage. Cheap shot and another cheap shot. So let's uh, let's sit on this. Uh, let's let's get Doug on this. Doug, how are you? I'm good. All right. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm just sitting here waiting to hear how many games Nicole Yoke is going to get. <laughs> okay. So okay. So he's going to get suspended. Um, where do we sit? I mean, I know you're a Denver guy. You you born and bred there. Nuggets, Rockies, uh, Broncos. But where do we sit here? Markeith Morris gives him a forearm shiver. It was an elbow. It was not a good foul. That that was a cheap shot foul. Jokic is tired of it. And I think this plays into it. Hey, these European guys, they're soft. They're finesse. They're this. They're that. Jokic says, I'm tired of it. Boom. Shot in the back. A little whiplash for Morris. He he acts like he's pretty hurt. We'll see. And, uh, and Jokic gets ejected. So, a little bit of a cheap shot early from Morris. Bigger cheap shot, you know, hitting the back from Jokic. I get it. But is was it over the top for Nikola? Was it over the top? I think so. And I, and look, you do. I love Nikola Jokic. I think, I think uh, you know, he's, he's very underrated, very under-respected by league standards. So I kind of preface with that. But when I first saw it, and, and kind of a – Funny story, I wasn't able to watch the game live last night, so I watched it record. So I wasn't smart enough to turn off all my alerts, so I'm seeing all this stuff. Uh, brawl in Denver, uh, Jokic, ejection, Mars, Nuggets win, you know, all this stuff. So I'm like, man, what, what happened? So given that, I'm thinking, man, this must be pretty bad. When I watched it for the first time live, I thought it was worse. Oh. I was like, wow, oh. this, was, this is a shot. I mean – and and looking at it through biased, you know, glasses, so to speak, I think, and also listening to commentary all day, when I first saw it, I thought, man, that's, that's five games. And the more I've heard people talk throughout the day, um, you know, they're saying, oh, probably two. Well, my first reaction was, that's bad. That's really, really bad. And I, and I went back to um, – I don't know if you remember, but early in Carmelo Anthony's career, uh, there was a big brawl at Madison Square Garden, started by Nate Robinson. Uh, Melo threw a punch and kind of backed off. I mean, net effect, what Jokic did was, uh, in a lot of ways, more violent. It wasn't a punch, so I know that plays big into into the NBA's viewing. But I just looked at it and I thought, wow, that's that's horrific. But as you watch the replay, as you as you take into consideration other things, you're, I think it's probably not five games, but um, it was it was pretty graphic. I mean, I, you know, there's no other way to put it. I, honestly, I don't blame Nicole Jokic. I mean, Marquise Morris is a dirty player, and so is his brother. Um, they have that, that was coming, a dirty foul. That was a dirty foul. Sure, really dirty. And I was on one hand happy to see someone say, "Yeah, we're not. I'm not letting you get away with that." But on the other hand, you have a team with three max contracts, and as soon as Nikola Jokic gets whatever his suspension might be, they'll have three max contracts unable to play. I, I, tell me if I'm right on this. Jokic, I don't know the guy. I've just watched him a lot, and, and you have as well. I just felt like that maybe played into it. Like You know the, the standard line is, 
all these European guys, all they are is they they're, they don't play tough defense. They don't like physicality. They don't like confrontation. They're just finesse players. And I feel like that gets into whether it's Doncic, whether it's Jokic. And I felt like that was, hey, I'm going to take it to him. I mean, I've never seen Jokic do something like that. It felt like it boiled over there. Yeah, I think uh, Jokic is a is highly, highly competitive. I mean, he comes across as soft-spoken, doesn't have a whole lot of expression during a game. But um, this guy is tough. I mean, he really is tough. And I think the other thing that plays into this, and this sounds like a, a whiner from Denver, but here's a guy that's your MVP, and he has never, including after he won the MVP, gotten the benefit of the whistle ever. And he gets beat up on a nightly basis. I mean, you see his arms on a game broadcast. They look like they have been whipped. Right, I mean, right. There's red marks right, yeah, and yeah. scratches and bruises. And, I mean, it just looks awful. And you think, how does this guy not get any – I mean, look, he's not going to get a LeBron James call. No one ever will. But he, he should get a lot closer to that, especially given the fact that he's MVP. You throw in the fact that, you know, you see these Las Vegas odds of which player is going to win the next MVP. I mean, Jokic is like the 10th or 12th highest odds. It's sort of like the NBA was ashamed that he won the MVP last year, and no one, even though he's having an incredible year, a year better than what he had last year already, no one is looking at him as the game's most valuable player. It's like, okay, well, we checked the box, and let's, Let's move him down the line. We'll get somebody else that's more marketable in there. I just, I think there's a lack of respect for him that I can't quite understand, and I think part of it boiled over and played into what happened last night. Yeah, that night. could be a little frustration uh, from Jokic. By the way, next game, I think Heat Nuggets, their, their matchup, November 29th. The Heat were, I mean, they were talking tough. They tried meeting in the hallway. They, they wanted to, they wanted yeah. to brawl. What's going to happen the 29th? We, we got an ugly situation, potentially. Uh, potentially, but I mean, let's remember, this is basketball, so these guys aren't really fighters. They like to, uh, you know, posture as fighters, <laughs> but, uh, the one thing I'd clear up, and I, and I actually heard this from Scott Hastings, the, uh, the play-by-play guy for the Nuggets, um, Jimmy Butler was not talking or challenging Nikola Jokic to meet him in the hall. He was talking to an assistant coach, um, and apparently there was a, a, a scuffle or you know, maybe one of the Nuggets assistant coaches put his hands on Butler to kind of separate him out of the out of the scrum, and and that's who mm-hmm. Butler was talking mm-hmm. to. Butler wasn't challenging to fight Nikola Jokic. Now the stuff on Twitter that's come out with, you know, Morris's brother saying, "Hey, I'll remember that. I'm keeping tabs on this." And the Jokic um, that brothers, stuff was right? Real. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something. These these guys are my neighbors. They live upstairs from me, and I've been in the elevator with all three of them, and it's not a place you want to be. I mean, I would not, <laughs> I would not want to tangle with the Jokic brothers. <laughs> That's They're, interesting. They are big and intimidating guys, and I don't, you know. Doug, you're too old for stuff I, like that. Come on, you're too. Uh, we know that. True. Come on. Um, true. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't pop off. Though, <laughs> let's put it that way. That's good stuff. Uh, let's switch gears. I want to get your take, Broncos. Hammer the Cowboys. The question is, we're, we're going to find out here. The Eagles aren't great. They're coming into Denver. 
this is what uh, the Broncos are going to need to show, that the Cowboys game wasn't an aberration. Can they do it Sunday? Will they? Do we think the Broncos are competitive? Um, wow, it's such a loaded question. Uh, I do think that they'll handle the Eagles. I think they found some things that, that work for them. And as much as we, you know, squawked and cried and moaned that that uh, Pat Shermer would abort the uh, running game way too early every week, this week I think he was forced to. And one of the reasons was because they were so injured on that offensive line that I think that he said, look, we can't afford to have Teddy Bridgewater running complex protection packages and getting stacked behind a basically a line full of backups. So let's just run the ball. And they did, and it worked. And I think that that was one of the best things that came out of that game. I mean, obviously no one wants to see guys get hurt, um, and your first-teamers are, in theory, always better than your second-teamers. But for whatever reason, that prompted the Broncos to run, you know, a heavy mix of run to pass. And – that worked for them, and it was they were physical. They won in the trenches. Um, and then, you know, defensively, I think a little bit of that plays into it, too. You know, you got Von Miller leaving. Um, I think guys wanted to step up and prove that they could play. But I also think, and this is something that I heard people talking about throughout the week, is that without Von Miller, I think Vic Fangio was forced to dial up at least – the, the pressure in terms of blitzes, something he doesn't normally do. Mm. So I think he said, hey, look, we don't have our, our, our guy anymore. Um, you know, they were, they were injured too. I mean, they've got all kinds of injuries, especially a middle linebacker. I think he had to do some things creatively as opposed to just play the base to Vic Fangio defense and say, hey, we're better than you in terms of personnel. Come get it. They did some things that were different schematically, and I think it worked out well for them. So – Back to your original question, I think if they can be wise enough to take what they did against Dallas and say, you know what, that actually works for who we are and what we have right now, let's do it again, I think that they, there's no reason that they can't beat the, beat the Eagles. Okay, so you think they beat the Eagles, then they're 6-4 and four into the bye. That's good shape. And then I look at the AFC West. Let's be honest here. AFC West, Chiefs aren't who we, you know, who they have been. Now, I, I'm still worried about it, okay, but they're not who they have been. That was automatic L's before. Chargers are good. I don't know if they're great. They are good. Raiders, uh, they're reeling. Uh, uh, you know, I know that Broncos lost, and that was the ugly time uh, for the Broncos, but I look at the AFC West race. They're right in it at 6-4, and four, right in it. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the AFC West is within a game of each other, so I think it's it's conceivable that they that they come out of this thing alive, but you know, if, if someone held a gun to my head and said bet on one team, I'd still bet on the Chiefs. Yeah, I guess. I, just, I guess you I would. I think, I think I go when, Chargers, but yeah, yeah, Chargers. I mean, they looked pretty good this week. I mean, they put up a lot of points. Or Justin Herbert looked good. I mean, it, it's it's a strange thing because at the beginning of the year. Everyone said AFC West was the best division in, in, in at least the AFC. And now, I mean, it's a crapshoot. It's anyone's. I mean, none of those teams look dominant. And, and would I bet, you know, 
everything that the Broncos couldn't beat the Chiefs at home. I mean, the way the Chiefs have played, I mean, it's it's certainly right. possible. Right. I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have bet the farm. I bet a very right. small portion of the farm <laughs> that the Cowboys would cover at ten and a half, <laughs> and they didn't. I mean, not only did they not cover, they didn't even win. So, I mean, this. The NFL, I mean, it's such a cliche, but it, is, it literally is an any given Sunday kind of league. And the big thing for Vic Fangio and the Broncos is is proving that this wasn't just an any given Sunday kind of thing. I mean, yes, yes, this is what we wanted to see. This is what we expected to see with this personnel and this style of play. Um, now I think it's just up to, to Fangio to show that it was no fluke. You got an ugly one this. If you have an ugly one this week, then the Bronco fans are back off. I mean, they're you know an ugly one this oh, week. Oh yeah. Then then we're gone. Yeah, a lot of the Broncos fans. Oh, oh we're toast. Um, Doug Ottawa in tonight. MileHighSports.com. The work there. Mile High Sports in Denver. D Ottawa on Twitter. Doug, always fun, man. Thanks a lot. You bet. Talk to you soon, Nate. Appreciate the time. Doug Ottawill, fan favorite, Mile High Sports, live from Denver here on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City. Um, he's hard on, on Jokic for the shot in the back. You watch that video. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sticking up for him, but uh, there, there has been a discussion out there today of Markeith Morris, cheap shot foul, then Jokic has the right to, uh, you know, stick up for himself. You know what? You know it, it goes back to the whole. Don't let somebody cheap shot you and bully you. And so Jokic said no. Boom! Hit in the back, knocked Morris down, gave him a little whiplash. It looked like it was. It was. Uh, this tough stuff. Tough stuff. It'll be interesting to see how how the suspension will go for Jokic. I didn't like the initial foul. It was a, a forearm shiver to the rib cage there on a foul, just a take foul, and that's Morris being Morris. Okay. And Jokic uh, had enough. And uh, no punches were thrown, but uh, the hit in the back that uh, knocked Morris down. Uh, very aggressive. Very aggressive. Coming right back with an FCS breakdown. we got to get it. Sam Herter's in. HeroSports.com National FCS Analyst. Who's, gonna, who's he going to take? Jackrabbits or Coyotes? It's a matchup of top 25 teams this Saturday in Vermilion. Sam Herter on the way. This is the Nate Brown Show. Someone will come in, they'll have a noise under the hood, and we'll go out and take a look at it. We can determine by the type of noise, and usually if we can determine where it's coming from, we can direct them to the piece that has failed. My name is Dick Lemke. Working at Sturdivance as long as I have, it's definitely become my career. When you need someone to help solve the problem, start with a Sturdivant store near you. S-T-U-R-D-V-A-N-T-S, come and see Sturdivant. Has it Sturdivant? Do you own a Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Jeep, Subaru, or Lexus? Good news. Your vehicle is in high demand and worth more than ever due to the Black Hills having limited inventory. Call or come by Denny Holt Toyota in Rapid City today. We buy vehicles outright or take trades, and we want to talk to you. At Denny Holt Auto Group, we buy cars. Did you know that vehicles are in high demand? Due to limited inventory, your vehicle has never been worth more. Stop by any of our Rapid City Denny Holt dealerships and either sell or trade today. Located off I-90 on East Mall Drive. Drive in today. Insurance. We all need it to protect our homes, health, businesses, and belongings. But having adequate coverage is just the beginning. You also need the support of professionals who stand by your side to protect what's important to you. Fisher Rounds & Associates combines the coverage you want with the commitment you need. 
Fisher Rounds & Associates. At your service, at your side. With offices in Pierre, Mitchell, Watertown, Sioux Falls, and Rapid City. Hi, this is David Brenneman with Coldwell Banker in Rapid City. If you've considered selling your current home, let me take you to that next step with confidence. The Black Hills housing market is competitive, and I have been in the business of attracting buyers for 15 years. Let's make it happen. Contact me, David Brenneman, at 415-0044. List it, sell it, and move on. With me, David Brenneman, at 415-0044. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. FCS analyst, HeroSports.com. That's where you'll find his work. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Herter FCS. The best FCS football guy in the country. Can we say that? We can say it tonight. Sam Herter, he's on the Nate Brown Show tonight on Fox Sports Rapid City. USD, South Dakota State. You bet. Coyotes, Jackrabbits, the matchup Saturday in Vermilion. Uh, Sam, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for your time. So um, we got the setup here. I mean, USD, South Dakota State this week, top 25 teams. You would say South Dakota State's favored, but USD has shown they're they're competitive this year. Um, we'll get to that game. First, I want to get to last week, South Dakota State beating North Dakota State and your reaction to that. Yeah, it wasn't a uh, a huge surprise uh, to me. I guess it, if you want to go by the rankings, it would be an upset. But I think you know anyone really realizes that that wasn't an upset. Uh, I had the Jacks winning that game just because I thought they would, uh, you know, just pour absolutely everything into that game because the Jacks needed that win to uh, you know to get back into the seeding discussion because it had the Jacks lost that game and then this week would have been a must win just to get into the playoffs uh, and so I, I thought South Dakota State was was going to play their best game of the year just because they knew that they needed it to you know to, to have their hopes to uh, to go back to Frisco and so uh, I think I thought it was a, a really complete performance by the Jack Rabbits and it looked like the team that we saw in the spring certainly okay um, how surprised were you lost to Southern Illinois lost to Northern Iowa. Yeah, so the the SIU loss was. I mean, they they had the, they went for two at the end there. South Dakota State did, and that ended up coming. You know, that ended up biting them, not getting it and losing that game. Um, I think if they play that back again, South Dakota State probably wins. Uh, the Northern Iowa loss was it was just a clunker of a performance for South Dakota State, and, and Northern Iowa has kind of had South Dakota State's number uh, several times the last few years, and so that result. I guess didn't surprise me, uh, but yeah, losing to SIU, um, you know, I, I think hurt uh, South Dakota State, especially now as far as getting the top seed. But I still think the Jacks are in position now, if they do win out, uh, to be a, a five, six, seven, or eight seed. Give me your objective view, Sam. How competitive can USD make this? They're always good at the dome, and they've been good there over the years against SDSU. How competitive is this team, this roster, against South Dakota State? I think it'll be a competitive game. I, I do think the Yotes are talented. 
Uh, they've certainly toughened up on defense compared to some of the teams in the past. Uh, they're going to need that. Uh, they're going to need they're going to need their stud middle linebackers to play well because South Dakota State's offensive line uh, is starting to gel. Uh, they're starting to, to play like they did in the spring. Uh, Pierre Strong Jr. is uh, you know there's there's, there's Cole Kelly, there's Eric Berry for the Walter Payton Award one A one B, and I think Pierre Strong Jr. is starting to become one C uh, for the Walter Payton Award, and so slowing him down uh, is key. Uh, and I think South Dakota, I think defensively, they're looking strong this year. Um, offensively, uh, a bit up and down. I know Camp has dealt with some injuries. Uh, I, I, that, that's my main concern with this game is uh, can South Dakota score enough points against this really good South Dakota State defense? What's the projection for USD in the playoffs? They need this. They do. Um, right now with six wins, uh, I think South Dakota to get into the field – there has been teams in the past that have gotten in at six and five out of the valley. This year, it's going to be really tough to do because you look at the bubble. There's going to be a number of seven-win teams, even eight-win teams that are on the bubble. And so, in my opinion, you need to hit seven Division One wins to get into the field, which means South Dakota either needs to beat South Dakota State, or if they don't, then it's basically a, another must-win game uh, in Fargo next weekend. And so, this is, uh, you know, I, I touched on it with South Dakota State versus North Dakota State. The Jacks basically need that game to keep their seed hopes alive and they put absolutely everything into that game uh, I think South Dakota is in the same boat as far as making it to the playoffs they need this win because um, if they lose then they have to go to the Farber Dome and get a win to make the playoffs. Sam Herter on tonight FCS analyst HeroSports.com where is South Dakota State sitting for you Let, let's say they win out here where are they sitting when it comes to seed playoff home games I think they will. They'll likely end up a six, seven, or eight seed. Uh, you know, I, 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 they obviously beat North Dakota State head to head. But when it comes to seeds, uh, you kind of take the overall, uh, you know, the landscape of things. And North Dakota State will get seeded higher than South Dakota State. You have James Madison. You have Montana State. You have Sam Houston three other teams that will be seated higher than South Dakota State. Uh, there's a chance that Villanova can get seated higher than South Dakota State. If UC Davis wins out, they could be seated higher than South Dakota State. Uh, but if the Jacks do win out, they will be a seed. Um, maybe number five, but my guess would be six, seven, or eight, uh, which means you are, you know, you're hosting uh, the second round, and then you would have to go to, like if they're the sixth seed, they would, they would end up going to like the three seed um, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's tough. That's been a tough road in the past uh, for the Jackrabbits. Um, let me get your overall perception here. James Madison going FBS. Okay, um, FCS football, do you think there's going to be more talk about some of these programs jumping out? Sam Houston, James Madison, where's FCS football, some of the power brokers? Yeah, I think it, I do think it's going to slow down. Um, you know, the, the thing with the, with the FBS, it kind of depends. If Conference USA loses a couple more teams, they might look to the FCS. Maybe in Eastern Kentucky or Central Arkansas will make the jump. Uh, you know, I, I don't think realignment is, is going to hit uh, the Big Sky or, or the Missouri Valley unless maybe the Big 12 ends up adding like a Boise State out of the Mountain West. Uh, then maybe the Mountain West looks to you know a team from the Dakotas or maybe a team from the Montanas. Uh, but I've seen a lot of fans think, well, why can't North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, Montana State kind of form this pact and kind of go to the FBS as a whole? 
The problem with that is the FBS doesn't want to add a lot of FCS teams. There's pushback on adding any more FCS teams because there's a hundred and some FBS teams right now. They all split the college football playoff revenue pot. Yeah. If you add in four or five, six more teams, well, that's four or five, six more teams that are you know taking millions of dollars, you know, or whatever, whatever it would be. I don't know the exact number, but taking away money from that revenue pot. And so I don't think you're going to see. You know, six, seven, eight more teams make the jump. But there might be one or two more. But I think things are slowing down. And now the, the realignment wheel is going from FBS plucking FCS to FCS, FCS conferences restocking and, you know, kind of going into other FCS conferences and plucking those teams uh, to fill out their conferences. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on it. Uh, Heroesports.com covers FCS really good. Sam Herter on tonight. USD hosting South Dakota State Saturday, the Dakota Dome. Sam, always great, man. Thanks for the time. Hey, thank you again for having me on. Appreciate the time. Sam Herter, FCS on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great stuff. At Sam Herter, FCS. Who's hot and who's not on the Nate Brown Show tonight? A high school football coach goes for two. What was the score? Uh Uh-oh. He goes for two at the end of the game, and the score was already what? I've got it for you. In my who's hot category, The University of Nebraska? The Huskers? I'll tell you why next. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show, streaming live at FoxSportsRapidCity.com and right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM, Fox Sports Rapid City. Get away from it all in the great outdoors for lasting family memories with a new or pre-owned RV from Dakota Discount RV. We make your RV experience fun and easy by providing you with a quality recreational vehicle, competitive pricing, and professional sales and service. Our large inventory of fifth-wheelers, travel trailers, toy haulers, and live-in horse trailers allows us to save our customers thousands of dollars compared to most dealers. Stop by and see us at Dakota Discount RV, 3330 East Mall Drive across from Cabela's and on JB Road, Black. Blackhawk. Warm ovens and great smells aren't the only reason people love working at Country Hearth. Job security at a third-generation family-owned company, great pay and benefits, and the opportunity to rise within the company are also in the mix. Besides production, there are a lot of other positions throughout the bakery. Maintenance fixes and maintains machines. Sanitation keeps the machinery and facility clean and safe. Shipping coordinates getting products from point A to point B, and there are delivery driver positions too. Are you ready to find the best fit for you? Find out more and apply today at CountryHearthJobs.com. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. All right, let's do this on a Tuesday. Who's hot, who's not on the Nate Brown Show every night at this time? little who's hot and who's not brought to you by the pizza ranch the great folks locally owned and operated two locations the pizza ranch tomorrow's kids night one child 12 and under eats free for every regular priced adult at the pizza ranch buffet wednesdays lock it in load it up tomorrow hey we you know it's not a school night tomorrow right so you can take the group to pizza ranch and just hit it and get in a coma tomorrow night after the pizza ranch buffet coma i like it all right, whose hot category goes to Trev Alberts. Trev Alberts, Nebraska Athletic Director. Why? We have the details. I said he he, he made the negotiation with Scott Frost. 
So some Husker fans are happy Scott's coming back for at least one more year. Some fans aren't so happy, but Trev Alberts made the smart play, and he's trying to get the money on that contract changed, and he did. Scott Frost was going to be owed $15 million even if he was let go after next year. I mean, his contract goes all the way out to 2026. It's unbelievable. So Trev Alberts, the AD, negotiated. Here's the change. Scott's coming back next year. His salary goes down a million, okay, five million to four million. But the big one, the buyout, if they if they have to let Scott Frost go, cut in half by Trev Alberts from fifteen million to seven and a half million. Say what you want about these uh, these buyouts. I mean, they're out of control. Trev Alberts making a little bit of a move there, and I I, I think that's uh, a good call. All right, we'll see what happens to Scott and the Huskers. In my who's not category, um, we got a little problem with Inglewood High School in California. They just won a football game Friday night, 106 to nothing. Oh, is that familiar? What was that score? Pier and Spearfish, 103 to nothing? So, <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry for bringing that up. Um, Inglewood High School beat this team 106 to nothing. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Say what you want about it. The coach, late in the game in the fourth quarter, they scored another touchdown. They're up 104 to nothing. Does he just kick the extra point? He goes for two. <laughs> Imagine doing that. All right, we're up 104 to nothing. All right, Jimmy. I got a really good play. We're going to go for two. Go for two. Come on, guys. Come on. Um, by the way, Inglewood High School, suburb of L.A., home to star quarterback Justin Martin. He's going to go play for UCLA. Martin in the game threw 13 touchdowns and did play in that last two-point conversion. Whoops. Back tomorrow at 4 on the Nate Brown Show. Thanks for listening. The Odd Couple takes over right now.